just tell the Lord, just say, you are the goodness. You are the goodness, Father. Yes, Jesus, you are the goodness. Moses asked God to, he said, let me see your face. The Lord said, no man can see my face and live, but I will hide you in the cleft of the rock and cause my goodness to pass before you. So the glory of God is, is wrapped up in his goodness. And he hides us in Christ, in that place where we can experience that goodness. That's the one place where you can experience the goodness of God is in Christ. He hides you in the cleft of the rock. Jesus is the rock. So you are hidden in Christ. If you've been raised up with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are below. For you have died, and your life is now hidden in Christ. And in Galatians 2.20, I believe, it says, For I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Just thank Jesus for giving himself up for you. For the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Thank Jesus for loving you right now. We thank you, Jesus, for loving us. We thank you for loving us, God. You are so good, so faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, you can be seated. Is Asa back there? Is Asa back there, Justin? Oh, there you are. Will you uh, darken that a little bit? Well, good morning. Um, before we, before I get into my sermon, I had just a word, a word of knowledge. Does anybody own a Mr. Coffee coffee maker? Raise your hand if you do. All right, Alyssa, Stewart. Anybody else? Raise your hand if you own a Mr. Coffee coffee maker. All right, let me see it, Molly. Okay, do any of you guys have pain in your hand? Anybody? Any pain in your hand? Your finger was what? Was hurting this morning. Okay, awesome. So I saw, the reason I'm doing it, I saw, uh, that was, like I said, I have words of knowledge. When I get Mr. Coffee, I'm like, that's probably the Holy Spirit. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll go with that because I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, 
But then I saw the hand reaching for the coffee pot, and I saw that the hand was injured or something. So, all right, Molly, let's pray for your finger. Father, we just declare your goodness right now and just complete healing over Molly's hand. We command, speak to the pain to leave right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there any way to test it out, or is it hurting anymore? All right. Feels good. Amen. Um, I want to share a couple of testimonies from the past week. You know, I've, we're, we're doing this series on the Song of Songs, and I've been talking about how the Lord uh, was, the, one of the words for 2017 was the word sing. And I felt like he said, sing the Song of Songs. And so we're, that's, I'm preaching on that. I'm, I'm studying the Song of Songs. I'm reading, reading it every day, almost. Uh, sometimes I'm reading other places. Or sometimes I'm just thinking about, I meditate on verses. I, I can't, I'm one of those people that takes a small chunk and just sits on it for a while. And, um, but, uh, so I've been, I've been in Song of Songs myself, and this is something that God's doing in my heart about just really, in every part of my heart, bringing me back to my first love. And I also felt like Isaiah 12, verse 3 was a word which says, with joy, you'll draw water from the wells of salvation. And I believe that there is, I believe in us being joyful harvesters, that we, us being joyful evangelists, us being joyful sharers of the gospel, that we have, we have good news. It is good news what we have to share, that there is a God that created you, there's a God that loves you, and there's a God that saves you from your sin. And, uh, and it's a message that, the world needs to hear, at least Jesus believed that. And so we're, we want to participate with Jesus in that. And, uh, and so Song of Songs, I was like, okay, God, we're going in a Song of Songs. It's not the most, it's probably the least evangelistic book in the Bible at, at a glance. But then, but it's also, God really wants us to get the first things first. Because if you discover how much you're loved by God and your, your identity becomes more rooted in him, then you're going to love people uh, the same way. You're going to love them. You're going to see people the way God sees you. And that's true whether, no matter what your level of connection with God is. If you feel like uh, God hates people, you will probably hate people. You know what I'm saying? And, and so if you feel like God loves people, you're going to love people. That's, if, that's how your view is of him. But a couple of testimonies. I wanted to share a testimony of uh, Chris Overstreet, who was uh, he's the outreach director at Bethel Church, but he was in town last, maybe two weekends ago at Athens Link. And during the worship service on Saturday night, he got a picture of an apartment number called 112 was the apartment number. And he got a word of knowledge about somebody having stomach pain. So he grabbed Ann Evans, who's part of Athens Link in said, Ann, I got, we got to find this apartment. This is in the middle of worship, and he's due to speak, you know. And uh, so they go, and I think they went into Rock Springs. They couldn't find apartment 112, but they saw 120. And so it was like, well, let's just knock on 120. So they knocked on door apartment 120, and uh, this lady came to the door, and they're like, excuse me, ma'am, do you happen to have any pain in your stomach? She said, yeah, I just was asking God to deliver me from the stomach pain. Now, this is on a, his word of knowledge was wrong. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but, but God re- rewards faith. And so here's the, and the, the faith of, her, of the woman and, the, and Chris's faith. So they prayed for the woman. Her pain left. He's actually got it. I tried to find the video this morning. I couldn't find it, but he put it on a, it was like a Facebook Live thing that he got the testimony right from the woman. I can't ever think of that. I can't. I'm, I'm horrible at taking pictures anyways, but he's always Johnny on the spot. was like, hey, let's get a testimony. They look right here. And, uh, and so it was, for me, I've, I've realized that anytime my, my, I feel like I'm waning and my fire for God, there's, there's two things I got to think about. It's like, how's, how can I reestablish connection with the Lord? What's, what are some things maybe I need to put to the side to really recommit my, to my connection with the, with the Lord? But also it's like, how much risk am I taking in my life? Because for me, I'll come alive when it puts fire in me whenever I, I take, a, take risk. So for me, that looks like sharing the gospel. And, and so I'd made a, a soft commitment to the Lord. And what I mean by soft is I realized that I'm probably not going to be able to do this every day. But when you have a goal, remember that old saying, he's like, if you shoot for the stars, you may not reach them, but you'll land pretty high anyways. Yeah, that, corn, is that, that saying, well, it's, it's kind of true. It's like if you have a goal, then you're going to, you may not reach that goal, but you're going to advance regardless. Okay? So my goal was like, God, I want to share the gospel or share your love with one person a day. And so I'm asking, I'll ask the Lord in the morning. I'm like, just show me the one. Just show me the one. I can't, I'm not trying to do what Chris Overstreet does. He's, he's a Gatlin gun of evangelism. He's just like, hey, poof, poof. You know, and so you're just, I can't, that's not who I am. Don't try to be Chris Overstreet. Don't try to be Todd White. I can't, I can't mimic Todd White. I can't be like, hey, Jesus loves you. You know, I can't do that. He's, that's his, his personality. That's his, he is being Todd White. He's not fabricating that. For me, it's not going to look like that when I share the gospel with somebody. And you, don't have, you do not need to try to do that because you're going to get frustrated real quick. And so for me, I'm like, I, could do, I can look for one person a day. I, I can do that. Now, Thursday, I didn't, I didn't share the gospel with anybody, but I got to love on my kids at school. I, and was, I felt like the Lord's like, you share the gospel with your kids. You know, I got to have lunch with all three of my kids on Thursday. It was Lydia's birthday. She's nine, which is hard to believe. I remember raking leaves the day that she was born, and we went to go get some pizza. And Jessica started having labor contractions while we were picking up the pizza. And, and uh, the guy, Jessica was very pregnant at that time. Obviously, she's, she was due. And so the guy at the pizza joint said, so when, when are you due? And she's like, I'm probably having him tonight, or probably having her tonight, you know. And he's like, oh, okay. And... <laughs> So, uh, anyways, you know, so it was nine years ago. We called her Squeaky because she did not stop moving and she did not stop. Even when she was sleeping, she was like this. 
And so we just, we called, we was like, this girl is squeaky. And, but she never, she's never stopped moving. She was running on a treadmill on the womb. You can, any time of the day, you could put your hand on Jessica's tummy and feel her moving. You know, it was just like easy. So, um, so anyways, that was uh, Thursday. And then, but another thing I wanted to share, I was at um, my place of work and there was a lady there who I knew and um, she's, from what I can gather out, uh, it appears that she's probably not a believer, but uh, she's, she's been having major back pain. She had a bulging disc and I saw her and I was just asking her about her back, how she was doing. And she said, well, I've gone to my, you know, my energy guy, and it's, it's helping a little bit. And I was like, what's, what's your energy guy? Is it Reiki? Is it, what is it? She's like, well, I've rolfing. Has anybody heard of rolfing before? And so I've heard of it as well. I just don't really know what it is. And uh, she's like, yeah, it's been helping a little bit. And, um, and I said, well, can I pray for you? And she, I said, what's, what bothers it? She's like, well, if I curl five pounds, I can feel it in my back. I said, okay, well, let me pray. She let me pray for her. I said, okay, let's test it out. And I, was, and I just told her, I said, you know, when Jesus heals people, sometimes he asks you to take an action step. So this is why we're doing this. So I gave her three pound weights. So it was six pounds total. She curled it and she went, no pain. I said, I said, awesome. All right. I was like, stay right there. Went and got two four pound weights. She did this. She went, interesting. And then I think we may have gotten six-pound weights after that. Same thing. There was no pain. And I just looked at her. I said, Jesus is alive. And he's still doing what he's always done, which is heal people. And I, and I said, Jesus loves you. And I just gave her a hug. And, and so it's, you don't always have to uh, take them down the Romans road. Um, sometimes you may do that, though. And uh, for me, I'm asking the Lord, on how to, I want to go further in that where it's like after they get healed, I want to ask them those questions that like I asked a friend one time, he, he was talking about, he's like, man, I make plans. And my girlfriend, she doesn't make that many plans. And I'm just, I'm frustrated with her. She didn't have a plan for her life. I was like, that's awesome. I said, do you have a plan for after you die? He said, no, uh, so I got to share with him. I wasn't, and I was done in love. I wasn't, I just wanted to know if he did. I really wanted to know if he, if he did have a plan. And then I just shared with him about trusting Jesus. And uh, God started, it set off, it like released the Holy Spirit in this guy's life. There was, the next day, he got a Bible from an FCA guy. The day after that, their friend invited them to another church in town. He went to California, got a prophetic word from a woman sitting in front of him. He went to a friend. It was just like God was just after him, you know. And so when you, when you share the gospel, it, the Holy Spirit is released on that person. So, like, even the Jesus loves you, they're not going to be able to shake. Jesus is alive. It's, they're not going to be able to shake that, okay, because Holy Spirit's on that. It's, he's on the gospel. So Song of Songs... I'm connected. That's awesome. So I just want to review a little bit. 
uh, last week, we talked about verses one through two. Let him kiss him, kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. So, the kisses of, of God's mouth is the, is the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It proceeds from the mouth of God. So, it's uh, and those words give us grace to live the life He's called us to, and to enlighten us, and and know His delight in us. The purpose of the song. Hey, so you still back there? Is there any way to shrink that picture a little bit? The song reveals the different seasons of life we undergo and how to grow in love for Jesus. So it's, it, it starts with being introduced to the love of Jesus. And you're, you could, any, no matter how old you are, if you're 80 or you're 20, you just met Jesus or whatever, you can find kind of where you are in that journey with Jesus in the Song of Songs. So there's different phases of the, of the love relationship. It helps us identify the issues God is specifically dealing with in our lives. So we're going to get into that as we study it, but there's, there's parts of the book where the bride doesn't want to follow her, the bridegroom on the, on the mountains and the hills. Jesus gives us the invitations, come with me on the mountains of myrrh and the, the mountain of spices. And the bride basically says, I love you, but I'm going to stay here. And then later in the book, there's another invitation. Come with me to the mountains of myrrh, the, the mountain of the spices, which are the mountains represent challenges and, and, and things that we have to overcome. And Jesus is inviting. He dan- it says he dances and leaps on those mountains because he's conquered them. He's not afraid of them. He's not trying. He's not like, let's get up this hill. He's doing a jig on top of the mountains. And he's like, come dance with me on top of these challenges, on top of these mountains that are trying to intimidate you and cause fear in you and oppress you. And he says, come with me. But it's scary for us. But in that later on, the bride chases the bridegroom to the mountains. So Solomon, he is, Solomon in this book is a type and figure of Jesus Christ. And the bride represents primarily the individual believer's love journey with Jesus. So King Solomon means king of peace. And this title just represents Jesus' current position of where he's at. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's seated. When he ascended in Acts chapter 1 to the right hand of the Father and, and he, he sat down, it means he rests, he's resting from his, from his work, basically, in the sense of he accomplished what he came to do on the cross. Now, he said, it's better that you have the Holy Spirit. So now Holy Spirit is in us finishing the work of Jesus until he comes back and seals it all up, completes it. The book teaches us how not to only love Jesus for what he has done for us, but also just to love him for his own worth. You know, it's the moment somebody, if you love somebody for what they do for you, the moment they stop, you stop loving them. Now, if Jessica stops cooking, I'm going to keep loving her. All right? Even though I love her cooking. But if she stops cooking, I'm going to still keep loving Jessica because I value her for, for her own worth. Now, my kids, if I stop making biscuits, I'm not sure if that's going to be returned to them because they ask that every Saturday morning. I've gotten ahead of the game. I start making double batches and freezing some now. So, um, Bill Johnson said, salvation is free, but maturity is expensive. 
So what does that mean? Well, you, Jesus paid the price for you to, to know God, and it's just by faith that you receive him. But to grow in your relationship, it costs you something. It, it's, you have to die to yourself. You have to make sacrifices. And, and it's, same, it's, it's true with that in my relationship with Jessica. We've, we've been married. We're coming up on 15 years in April. Somebody say hallelujah. And uh, I can't believe it's been 15 years, but it's, it's really gone by fast. But we've had our, our share of, of joys and, and bumps and bruises. And it's typical of any relationship. There's, there's not any intimate relationship I know of that hasn't gone through those types of challenges. But what that does is just like it's the fire that, that welds that relational connection even stronger. A, a weld on metal is stronger than actually the sheet of metal. So when you join two pieces of metal together with a weld, with fire, it becomes that joint is stronger than the actual sheet of metal. And that's, that's the way marriage works. And that's the way our relationship with Jesus works. Because your love really isn't love until it's tested. Am I right? Otherwise, it's puppy love. You're in, it's, it's like high school teenage love. You know, I, I'll tell you this story of where I was taking a girl to homecoming and... Uh, she started, I was walking her to class every day. I kind of liked her, but we weren't dating. We weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. And, uh, you know, she started another guy in my grade, started walking into class, and she didn't let me know. She, she didn't communicate with me. And uh, so I told her, I said, hey, are you, going to, are you going to homecoming with Dustin? She said, no, I'm going to homecoming with you. And I was like, well, you're walking with Dustin to class, so it looks like you're going to homecoming with him. So uh, why don't you just stay with Dustin? I was cold. My, I had my friends called me cold-hearted in high school, and that's Jesus. Did, he, I'm telling you, he did work in my life, man. So I'm a, but that's what I'm talking about. Puppy love is like high school. is like, oh, oh, okay. I see what you did. See, bye-bye, uh, bye-bye. And so... That's not, that's not, that's immature love. That's immature affections. Love is like, it doesn't, I am here and I'm not leaving. It's so important, even in our peripheral relationships, that your, your friendships, that we can disagree and also know, I'm not leaving, I'm going to love you. It happens in every relationship. I love my brothers. Man, we would beat the stew out of each other. But now my, we're so close, though. I mean, they, he used to, we'd be playing video games, and it'd be RBI baseball, full count, bottom of the ninth. I'm about to hit, and he'd slap me while he pitched, and I'd lose the ball game. That's brother stuff. I shoot a jump shot, get punched in the stomach. Oh! Game way, you know, it was the shot, the game was on the line. Get punched in the stomach. They get the ball shooter layup. I was like, that's a foul. Not out here. <laughs> but, I, but I love my brother. And we're very close, you know. So it's, you're going to have those things. But maturity is going to cost you, guys, if you really, as, as you walk with Jesus. And this is the thing that Jesus promises you. The cost, the reward is, like, so much greater than the cost. There's a Jason Upton song. He's like, there is no sacrifice. How's it go? 
Maybe I won't, I won't do that to you. But uh, <laughs> it's no sacrifice. Here's my life. Y'all ever heard that song? So it's like, it's not, when you see Jesus, you're like, you can take it all. You can take it all. Because I see you, and I, man, what I have to give is so much, so far less than what I'm getting. Imagine this. You're making an exchange with Jesus. Jesus, here's my life, broken, messed up, messy. You get my life, and I get yours. I get to be seated at the right hand of God. I get to be, have, spend eternity in your, your love and your glory. I get to live forever. And I'm, but I'm giving you death, and I'm giving you sin, and I'm giving you brokenness, and I'm giving you torment. And you take that, you're taking that, and you're giving me your life. Deal. So we come out way ahead, guys. So I want to talk about the fragrance of Jesus. I'm connected again. That's awesome. So verse 3 says, your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out, therefore virgins love you. So Song of Songs has like all, a lot of imagery, allegory, symbolism, whatever you want to call it. And so it's part of what we're doing is just unpacking what all this means. I could, I'm, not a, I'm not a poetry guy. I like, I like Robert Frost. I like some haiku stuff. <laughs> but even though, I, I, but I can't, I can't even, I don't even know what they're saying half the time. I was like, that sounds pretty cool, you know, but... Uh, so the fragrance of spices and flowers are often found in, the, in their internal properties and are crushed in order for their fragrance to come forth. So you just, you know, that mortar and pestle image where you crush spices, you crush petals, and then you start, you start smelling the fragrance of those things as they're crushed. So likewise, the fragrance of Jesus' love, motivated by his thoughts, his passions, and emotions towards us, and the Father was released through the crushing of his body on the cross. So Jesus, when he was on that cross, and, he, and Isaiah 53 says this, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Say, with his wounds I am healed. So it says here he was crushed. So, so on the cross, Jesus was crushed, and that fragrant offering to the Lord was offered up on behalf of mankind. The, the love of Jesus was manifested on the cross as he was crushed for our iniquities. That is what it means by your name is like oil poured forth. What does it mean to lift up the name of Jesus? It means for his, his presence and the manifestation of what he's done, and his, his, the, the great love that he has for us and for the Father to be, to be made manifest, to be poured out, to smell it, to actually know it's here. So he, we don't, Jesus paid the price not even as much for the, the knowledge, the head knowledge, but for us to experience him. Now, do we always feel the, the presence of God? Do we always sense his love and all this? No. But that is part of what, part of your inheritance. It's just like when Jessica, if she's gone on a, if she's gone out of town, and I'm sleeping in the bed at night by myself, it, it's hard for me to fall asleep. Any other husbands have the same thing? Go on. 
if I'm just kind of like find myself farting around the house because Jessica's not in the bed. Last night we got in the bed. I really, I mean, never mind. I'm not going to go there. And so, uh, As more literal than figurative. And so, anyways, uh, too much information. And so, uh, Jessica, last night we were laying in the bed together. And I said, man, I just love, I love just laying next to you in the bed. We're just, you know, we're reading and stuff and, uh, or, you know, watching basketball on, the, on my pad and stuff. And I just, I just like being beside you. It's just that simple. And, and, uh, I just was thanking God. I was like, I just get to, like, lay beside my wife and hang out. And, like, we don't have to do anything. There's no agenda. It's the same with the Lord. Sometimes we go into our, our devotional times with the Lord, and we're like, what revelation am I going to get today? <laughs> and sometimes, like, God will withhold anything. He'll, he'll withhold stuff from you till you're just like, hey, God, I'm just going to, like, worship you and just be with you with no agenda. The times when I do that, he starts giving me stuff. Anybody identify with that? So just like go and say, hey, Jesus, I'm just going to hang out with you. No agenda. No, I don't need a heavy revy. <laughs> I don't need my sermon, God. I'm just going to be with you. By the way, whatever God's teaching me is what I, I preach on. So it's that's how I, I operate. It's the fragrance of Jesus. Perfumes and fragrances can stir our hearts and affect our emotions. I got a new clicker today, guys. Y'all got to hang with me. So it, there, are, there are even essential oils used today to help influence a certain feeling or emotion. So fragrances do that. The fragrance of Jesus is figurative for the knowledge of God, but there's also literal fragrances around the throne of God. So I'm going and then counter that, there's the smell of sulfur in hell. So you have pleasing fragrances in heaven, and you have repulsive fragrances in hell. And there's a guy that, um, his, his name slipped in my mind. I heard his testimony uh, on IHOP. But he had a, it, he has this teaching, it's called 23 Minutes in Hell, where he actually, God took him and showed him hell. And he said one of the worst things about it was the smell. He said the smell was so repulsive that it was, it was staggering. It just, you know, all you can think about was how horrible the smell is. But he also said the, one, the, big, the other biggest thing, it's not, there was fire there, there was torment. He says, but the smell was horrible. And then the other thing was the sense of hopelessness. Now, you think about people who have contemplated suicide there, there, there's even in that dark, dark place, there's a hope that there's going to be relief, right? That's why they're thinking about committing suicide, because there's a smidgen of hope that they'll get relief if they do that. In hell, there's absolutely no hope ever. And so we, you, we have to know that, because when we know the reason we talk about hell is because it places value on heaven. All right? 
I don't like focusing on it, but we, it's, it's, it's something that we have to be aware of. We have to know, and that it's a, it is a reality if you believe the Bible. Um, there we go. Now, I want to talk to you about, I'm going back. So I want to, a couple of testimonies about actually smelling Jesus. Has anybody ever smelled Jesus while they were worshiping or any other kind of instance? Has anybody, raise your hand if you have. Anybody ever smelled Jesus? And, or it's been like perfume or something manifested. We had a couple. So I was, uh, when I was training at the Omni, I had a client who was, um, I, don't, I don't know if he ever took a bath. I'm, I'm dead, dead serious. This guy could afford training, but he was so lonely and so broken that he would come and he would literally, his, I don't know if he ever took a bath. His, he smelled like, you know, maybe he was a homeless guy or he smelled like urine. He smelled like horrible body odor. His clothes had all the food that he had been eating that day on his shirt. I mean, he was just did not take care of himself at all. And um, he had literally, um, just, I can't, I'm, that's enough for you to know, but it was, it was really bad. And the Lord was, there was one day he was, I had him on the recumbent bike, and the Lord said, I want you to uh, put your hand on his shoulder, and he needs to be touched. And on his shoulder, he had like a mountain of dandruff on his shoulder. And so I put my hand on his shoulder, and I'm like, this is all like in faith. I'm not feeling God's heart for this guy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, all right, this guy needs, he needs somebody to touch him in a healthy way. And um, as I was, as he started as I put my hand on him, about a minute later, I started smelling roses. Nobody was around us. Uh, we were just the only ones in that section of the cardio area. And I'm like, is there a, is there a granny nearby? Or is there a, um, you know, granny's like that flower perfume, right? So it's, <laughs> you know, I'm looking around for grannies. There's no grannies nearby. And I'm just, and the, it just got, it intensified and intensified. And then when he was done, I took my hand off and it left. Okay. The, a couple weeks ago, I was on the phone. I was talking with Murray Tillis. And Murray Tillis is a Messianic Jew. By the way, April 1st, we're having a Passover Seder. It's going to be open. Or three churches are putting it on. The Awakening, Athens, Lincoln, Living Hope. But it's, it's open to anybody that gets a ticket. Um, so I was talking to Murray about this Passover Seder. Now, this Passover is about the Passover lamb, the lamb of God. So it's about, it focuses on Jesus' sacrifice, you know, as the Passover lamb. As we were talking, I started smelling anointing oil on the phone while I'm talking with him. And I'm like, this is pleasing. I, was, I knew it was the Lord. I was like, this is pleasing to the Lord. This is pleasing. He likes this idea of churches getting together to, to recognize and remember the crushing that Jesus underwent and that he didn't stay in the grave. So, 
All right, so the smell of victory. What is that? But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? <laughs> Here's Paul, the great apostle, just being like, I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I've been entrusted to carry around the fragrance of Jesus. I've been entrusted to manifest Jesus to people. And, it's, and this is what we've all been entrusted with. And, and we should have the same response. Who's sufficient for these things? <laughs> I'm not. And, and it should cause us to lean. Everything that God asks us to do is impossible. That's why we trust. That's why we lean on Jesus. He tells you, hey, Travis, you're an introvert. And I've called you. One of the callings in your life is evangelism. Thanks, Lord. Appreciate that. Travis, I've called you to preach. And I, let me, my senior year at class of 95 at Coney County High School, and uh, we, I had to give a little speech at my graduation. And uh, this, was, this was how I did it. I just got up there. I didn't even look up. I said, all right, class of 95, y'all stay alive. And because uh, you had to rhyme something with your class year, right? So I was like, we're, we're staying alive in 95, and uh, y'all just um, try to enjoy life, and we'll see you later. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Didn't even look up. So my mom took a picture of me, like, and I, I just looked like I was like. <laughs> Travis, I want you to preach. First time I preached was uh, the 20 youth, and I, <laughs> I dressed up as Moses. And I had a, uh, a cut-off um, water hose, outdoor water hose, that was the snake that was going to become a staff. And I'm in the bathroom pacing back like this. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. And there, there's, 20, there's 20 youth just like, oh, man, when is this going to be over? Uh-huh. Okay, you know, they didn't even have phones back then, you know, who knows what would have, what would have happened, but I go out there and I'm preaching, I'm just like, and Moses, like the snake, and you know, they're just like, <laughs> all right, I gave an invitation, nobody came, so it's, but that's where I started, and that's where God may ask you to start, he's not asking you to start at Chris Overstreet level evangelism, Chris Overstreet didn't start there. He didn't start there. Todd White didn't start where he's at. So don't think you're going to jump into that. Don't try to become somebody else. Bill Johnson, I've heard him talk about the Monday blues after he would preach a sermon. He'd just be like, oh, that was horrible what I just said. <laughs> Bill Johnson didn't start there. Chris Valentin didn't start there. Whoever your hero is, he didn't start there. And so... We have to realize we're not sufficient for these things, but are you going to trust God to do something you can't do? 
if you, but you just give them mustard seed. Uh, Danny Silk had this picture of a mustard seed in the palm of somebody's hand. It says, I've got a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. I was like, yeah, I like that. I've got a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it because it's, there's a nuclear bomb in that mustard seed. So when God does lead us in victory, it's always in Christ Jesus, okay? It's not in our own strength. Who's sufficient for these things? God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. We glory in our weaknesses. So how does Jesus feel about us, all right? Does anybody, do you have a picture of what Jesus looks like whenever you pray to him? Do you, do you, do you imagine him? One of the, I, I encourage you to do this. As you read the Bible, put yourself in that scene. So uh, imagine Jesus is at the pool of Bethesda, and you're with him. You're like one of his disciples. And then you get that scene in your mind, and then you say, Holy Spirit, activate this scene. And, like, God's going to show you some awesome stuff. But what does Jesus look like whenever you talk to him? I'll show you what Jesus for a long time looked like to me. All right? This is what he looked like. Boom. <laughs> this is uh, the Jesus from the Jesus of Nazareth movie, which is a powerful movie. I love that movie. I love it. But this was... How I always imagined Jesus, you know, for at least for my first few years walking with him, I am the bread of life. He who trusts in me will live forevermore. And even though, I mean, it was just like, that's, that's the only expression Jesus had. Now, does God, does he get angry nowadays? Yes but he's very slow to anger. He's very patient. He's not, he's like, imagine the most patient person you know. God's like a thousand times more patient than them. He's very slow to anger. He doesn't delight in the death of the, of the wicked. He doesn't delight in people perishing. It says that throughout the Bible. Ezekiel, 1 Peter. So he's, he gets angry, but he's, Bill Johnson says, yeah, God still gets angry. It's just not at me. You're in Christ Jesus. Now, there's a difference of, of God loving you and God approving your life. <laughs> God loves every one of us. He loves the world. And he doesn't approve. He doesn't put his stamp of approval on every way of life. He does have standards. He's got, he's got uh, commandments, even in the New Testament, that we're called to live by. Love God, love people, principles of, hey, Give and it shall be given to you. Generous living. Speaking the truth in love. All kinds of things. So this is what's, what some of you need to discover Jesus as. This guy. Full of life. Full of joy. I needed, I remember the first time I saw a picture of Jesus like that, I just went, I've got to have that in my house. I've got to have that in my house. He is, he likes to smile. So, virgin of heart, 
This is, uh, what does that mean? Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. This is the verse that we're sitting on today. Therefore, the virgins love you. So virgins represent the virgin of heart, the pure of heart. Virgins are companion of the bride, equally chaste in quest of the Lord. The bride is not alone in her journey. We were never meant to walk in an independent spirit. This is why we do Sundays. This is why we have small groups. We have friends who have walked away from church because they've gotten disillusioned with the institution of church. That's not God's fault. All right? I'll just say that that's not God's fault. And, and sometimes people say, the church hurt me. And I understand what they're saying, but what's more accurate is like, no, there was a person in the church that hurt you. There was a person. It wasn't the church didn't hurt you. There was a person that hurt you. And more than likely, you're going to get hurt by a person outside of the church. So just, if you need to forgive somebody who was a part of the church, forgive them. But let's not lump it all together. So the bride is not alone in her journey, and we're never meant to walk in an independent spirit. You can't, there's, a, there's a, an experience of God, an encounter of God, that we can only experience as a corporate people that God reserves for gatherings like this. You can, you can spend... 24 hours a day seeking the Lord, but he's got some encounters that he's reserved for these times right here. That's because you're with, the, the, you're with family. So when God, I don't know why I was doing that connected thing. When God pours forth Jesus' name, he openly reveals it or draws attention to his beauty or character. God will highly exalt Jesus' name by filling the earth with it. For the earth will be, be, will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That will happen, and it's happening. God will pour forth Jesus' name in the church by filling it with the knowledge of Jesus. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So this is the purpose of what's called that five-fold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the building up of the body of Christ, for equipping them for the work of service to manifest the name of Jesus. But it's done in a, in a, mature, in a mature body. So this is uh, the personality of Jesus. The perfume of Jesus is the manifestation of his emotions and thoughts towards us. This is his internal life. Jesus has thoughts towards you. David said this, how wonderful your thoughts are to me, O God. If I were to count them, it would be like counting the sand on the, on the beach. David had this connection with God that was unbelievable. He, had, he connected with God's emotions, probably unlike anybody else in Scripture besides Jesus. He knew the emotions of God. But there's, there's five component, components of God's personality that are found in Luke 15, 20. Luke 15 is the story of the prodigal son, one of my favorite stories in all the Bible because it speaks of my life. The verse 20 specifically said, 
How many of y'all, you've heard the prodigal son story? I don't want to take it for granted that you've heard it, okay? It's this real quick, father, youngest son asked for the inheritance, gave him the inheritance, ran off, spent it on loose living, um, came back to his senses to the father's house, and, got, and the father restored him. It says, he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So five things that, that the, the father did in that, in that one verse, okay, that represent God's personality his, and his affections towards us. The father saw the prodigal son. First of all, God sees you. Why is the prophetic important? Because it lets people know God sees them. Sometimes I've, I've told people that before. It's like, God sees you. And they've started crying just from hearing that without a prophetic word. People want to know that they're important to God. That's, why the, why, that's what the prophetic does. Because you're, you're, you are relaying to that person God's thoughts feelings to that person. You are the messenger for God. And that helps them connect with God on their own. The father felt compassion for the prodigal son, God's tenderness for his people. Now, God is merciful. He, he, lo- he loves to show mercy. He loves giving second chances. All right? He's, he has compassion. He's not just, well, you broke this rule, so... Um, just got to pay the price. You got to kind of earn your way back in. He's like, no, I, I, like, I like having mercy. Now, if you're, say the prodigal son came back, Father, forgive me. Uh, you got like a thousand bucks you could spare. And then he left again. And then he came back, Father, forgive me. You got another thousand. The father would probably cut him off <laughs> at some point. And so like when we keep, when we keep repeating the same pattern over and over, the same bad pattern, then God may do something where he, okay, you got to like taste your consequences for right now until you, you sober up in your mind, okay? But God loves to show mercy. It's like I, I've told you all about Jessica and I. We, we, we wanted a house real bad, and the Lord's like, no, don't get a house, don't get a house. I'm like, no, we, we want a house. It's like, okay, have a house. And it was a great house. We loved the house. But there was sorrow attached to it. Because we, number one, we couldn't afford it. And it was, it wasn't, the Lord was like, this is your choice. I told you not to get this house. (laughs) And then we repented. And the Lord blessed us with our house in Farmington that we absolutely love. Got us out of debt. He was like eager to get us out of debt that we accrued while we couldn't afford our house. He was, that's mercy. That's kindness. Because he was like, no, you're going to eat it. You're going to eat it. No, no, the moment we're like, God, we saw what we did. Like, we ignored you. Forgive us. Restoration. Accelerated. Okay? That's a good father. That's what good fathers do. And so, sometimes you may be in that where you're like, you're eating the consequences of your own decision. God will let you have what you want. He will let you have what you want. And it's not always the best thing for you. 
my kids, they wanted to, we're on that Disney cruise, they wanted ice cream 20 times a day. Now, I let them have way more than they normally have. They're probably having five cones a day. <laughs> but we cut it off at five, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, this is going to go bad for you after five, all right? <laughs> and for us, you know, so it's, we're cutting you off. So the father ran towards the prodigal son, which that represents God's action and initiative for his people. God's not just sitting on his throne like, make a step towards me. Now, the Bible says, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. But, but do you know he's actually the one putting it in you to draw near to him? When you give, we, our kids get us, me and Jessica, birthday gifts. But we give them $20 to get us a gift. Here's $20. Get mom a gift. Mom, look what I got you. That's awesome, honey. Thank you so much. So thoughtful. God's the same way. He's like, hey, here's some love for me. Just give it back to me. <laughs> we love God with the love that he gives us. He, we love God because he first loves us. The father embraced the prodigal son. That represents God's affection for his people. God, God will hug you. My friend Fernando Villalobos says, I'll never forget the day Jesus hugged me. And I, I said, well, tell me about it. He said, Jesus hugged me. <laughs> I said, so he, just, like, you, he literally hugged me. He's like, yes, Jesus hugged me. I was like, that's awesome. I want something of that, Lord. The father kissed the prodigal son. That kiss represents God's desire for nearness with his people. Because you got be, to get close to somebody if you're going to give them a kiss. All right? The nearness of God is our good. So ways to, um, kind of practical ways to connect with Song of Songs and with the love of Jesus. Pray, read the scriptures. I said this last week. I'm going to go over it again because we need, this is important. You start with thanking God for a particular truth. Thank you, Jesus, that you ravished my heart. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm dark yet lovely to you. Thank you, Lord, that you esteem my love as better than wine, the pleasures of this world. So you just start thanking God for those truths. You ask for wisdom, revelation, understanding of the truth as we seek to believe more. One of my steadfast prayers over the years has been, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I know I've got unbelieving parts in my heart. I'm growing in that. We're, we're, that's where we all, all are. That's where... Todd White and Chris Overstreet and all, all these guys who walk in this boldness, they still got those places too. Nobody's perfect. Jesus, show me more about how I've ravished your heart. So you ask God. You, you, you ask Jesus questions. He loves good questions. Jesus, show me more about the truth that my love is better than wine to you. You ask God for his grace and ability to obey a particular truth. This is where G Paul said, who's sufficient for these things? You're like, you come into this realizing I don't have what it takes to make this happen. But Jesus, you do. You live inside me. I believe I trust you. So Jesus, empower me to obey you as I arise from the comfort zone to meet you in costly obedience. Always remembering Jesus is a rewarder. Do not ever lose sight of that, guys. 
Because you'll get, if you do not realize there's a reward, you're going to get tired of paying the cost. You'll get worn out. You'll burn out. But Hebrews says Jesus is a rewarder of those who seek him. There is a reward. I love what Nehemiah said. He told God, he's like, God, don't forget all the good I've done. And I was like, you know, that's not, doesn't sound like the most humble prayer in the world, you know. But he's just, Nehemiah was like, listen, I'm looking for the reward. And so we, God has, he will bring the reward in his time and his fashion. But there, there is a reward for your faith. God promised you that. He promised you that. So it's not just cost, 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 death, 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 death. There's resurrection, resurrection, resurrection. There's power. There's love. There's reward. Jesus, empower me to live with a locked heart, a locked garden that resists all compromise for you. That's later on in the, in the book as we, as we talk about that. You got anything, man? Awesome. I love um, the way that we were talking about during worship, how the Lord is restoring wonder and wisdom. And like Song of Songs is... It's so beyond comprehension to be loved like that and to open yourself up to the vulnerability with God in that way. And it just makes, to me, the wonder and wisdom, it's like when you open yourself up to be so vulnerable, wisdom will come out of that experience. So uh, that's really cool. And if you weren't here for that part of worship, I do feel like it's for our body to like, that we break off the um, oppression and the, I call it chatter, but just the, um, the dissension that's in, it's all around us. It's everywhere. It's like, you know, we're all engrossed in social media and news and, and relationships, and that's all amazing. It's like those things are tools that will be used for the kingdom. So I don't like not against any of that stuff, but it it causes such strife. And as that's broken off, the restoration of wonder and wisdom, I just want you all to leave with that picture, you know, and as, because it will come, like you'll see something on Facebook or something on the news or somebody will tell you something and the anxiety that comes with it, just say, Lord, I deliver us from that and replace it with wisdom and wonder. And so we always say, like, when you take out a bad root, a bad fruit, you got to put something in its place. Like, when you take something out, when you take out a lie, don't leave an empty spot. Like, put the truth in, you know? And so, because um, the empty spot will just grab that same thing back in. So put the truth in, the wonder of God, because he is still the same, which is so, that's like the only thing we can lean on. Everything is... Um, is so crazy around us, and it's like the Lord never changes his love. His mercies are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. Uh, we have a few announcements that we couldn't really do because we didn't have projector um, things this morning, so I'm going to do the announcements real fast, a little backwards. Um, so you can, we have a text in church number, so if you want to get out your phone, if you are 
um, when the number comes up, if you are a visitor for the first time, you can text the word welcome to this number. And if you would have come a little while and you're like, I like this and I think I'll be more a part, you can text family. These are two ways to get more information about the awakening. Um, you can also text, this is the number. So these are a few things you can text family, welcome. We have a couple of small groups that meet and you can text groups to that number and get more information. We, um, so those are the group times. I won't bore you with the reading to you. If you text groups, you'll get that. So just that number, that 706-705-4304, that's the number. Just, you can only text one word at a time, though. Don't get excited. Be texting, like, welcome family groups. Won't do anything. You know, it's like short circuit. Just one word at a time. You got to text it three times if you want all three words. All right, next. February 4th is a Saturday, and um, there is a foster care adoption orphan care conference at Watkinsville First Baptist, and this is a, an amazing opportunity. You can go to their website at chosenforlifeathens.com and get more information. You do have to register for it. It is wonderful. And so what I shared last week is if you have that in your heart um, for um, to take care of orphans, you know, it is pure and undefiled religion, then this is a way to fan that flame. You don't have to go all day. You can go to just a few sessions or you can go all day. Another opportunity is that they need volunteers for child care. And so you can just volunteer for a segment of time. You can let me know or Toddy know. Right here's Toddy. Toddy has Ariel, so she can't raise her hand, but she's the one feeding the adorable baby. And you can let us know if you'd like to volunteer for child care on that day. If you have a few hours that day, it's, it's a great opportunity. And there's all different age groups. They provide free child care to all the foster families um, that come to this because it, it gives you um, um, continuing ed credits because as a foster family, you have to have continuing education. Awakening 101 is going to be February 12th and 19th. Those are Sundays. They will be after church, like not right after, but in the evening, um, sometime on those Sundays. We haven't set the exact time yet, but we will really soon. Um, this is a membership class, so we are going to have a way for people to become members of The Awakening. This is new, so it's exciting, and we've had a little trial run um, got a few members in, so, um, <laughs> so we have just gathered as a community, but we're in a new season, and so if you want this, if you want to, like, you're in, you're going to help build, like, you want to be a part of what's happening here, and you're in, we want you to come to the Awakening 101 class. It's February 12th and 19th, and that's our membership class. You can also come if you don't want to be a member. You can still come to the class. It's totally fine. You can let us know that. Um, but we're just giving you the dates right now. We'll have another way of getting connected with that. Is that it?
would look nice on you, Jesse. Oh, perfect. There we go. Um, all right, if you would like to give, you can text that number. That's a different number, just so you know. You can text that number. You can download the Tidely app. You can go to our website, theawakeningathens.org, or we have a Tide box in the back if you want to give old school style. Anyway, you want to give to The Awakening, you can give. So um, I'm going to give it back to Travis in just one minute. Is there anything else? The last thing is I just really felt this morning that we all needed to leave here thinking about how we were going to give sacrificially this week. Now, I don't care how you, what you're giving. Like if you're giving your energy or your time or your, or your money or your food or your wisdom. But I just felt like it was really important for us to have a plan to give sacrificially. So this morning... KC came to church thinking she was just going to come to church and bring some hot tea for people to enjoy. Thank you, KC and Stuart. And, um, you know, just help out, whatever. But we had somebody who got sick in kids' church, so KC is giving sacrificially by doing kids' church this morning. Wasn't That's not what she was thinking she was going to do. So things like that, like what that, that ha- like happened upon her. But it was kind of cool because she had thought this morning, Lord, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. You know, so an opportunity arose. This happens to us as Christians. If you're getting fed a lot and you're not giving anything away, have any of you ever seen stagnant water? Anybody? Like anyone? Okay, so a lot of people grew up in the city. Raise your hand if you have not ever seen stagnant water and don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, like 80 of y'all did not raise your hand. I'm going to try again. All right. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say stagnant water, raise your hand. Okay. If you have seen or know what stagnant water is, raise your hand. Oh, look. They're awake. Um, Okay. So (laughs) stagnant water is, there's a couple people who don't know. I really appreciate that, Kelsey. Um, That when a pond gets full of water, and it has no way for the water to move, it gets stagnant, and it looks like vomit, and it stinks. It's disgusting. You should look it up on the internet, what stagnant water looks like. And that's what happens to us when we keep getting fed, but it's got nowhere to go. So y'all are getting stuff. You're coming here, you're going other places, you're worshiping, you're spending time with the Lord, and you're getting all of this. But if you're not giving it away... It, like, gets nasty. So we won't talk about what that looks like, but it's not good. It's stagnant water. So have a plan. Start thinking about how are you going to give away sacrificially this week. Just, we got to take a minute and think about it because if we don't have a plan, we won't do it. We'll just keep getting fed and get nasty. We don't want to have stinky water. So... Also, if you, need, if you need help with that, like you're afraid of giving away because you might not have enough left, you're not an orphan. There's plenty at the table of God. So let us pray for you about that. Our ministry team is going to come up. We're going to worship. And, and the Lord doesn't want you to feel like an orphan. He wants you to know that there's more than enough. Yeah, so let's stand up.
Think about, God, who is, you know, even uh, the evangelists we've had come through here, Bob Johnson, Chris Overstreet, they've all said, it's not going to, you're not going to look the same as the person next to you. God has a unique expression of his love through you. Just, and I just want you to, to challenge you to ask God. It's like, God, keep my eyes open to people you want me to love. Now, for you, it's going to look different from me. I want to love people by sharing the gospel. Some of you may have that same expression. Some of you may be like, I want, I want to make cookies for my neighbor this week. Jessica and I used to make cookies for people in the neighborhood where Northwest Woods and Oconee, we say, taste and see that the Lord is good. You don't have to have a prophetic word for somebody. You can just be like, hey, is there any way I can pray for you? We did that in Northwest Woods before we even knew what the prophetic was. God showed up, like, in amazing ways. We showed up on the doorstep of a woman and a man finishing, like, trying to, they were talking about getting divorced. We showed up at the doorstep. The woman fell on her knees and said, I was just asking God to send angels. I said, I'm, I'm not worried. I was like, well, we're not angels, but we are sent from God. <laughs> and I had a, that same neighborhood, a girl that was picked on in high school that I went to high school with. I said, hey, I just want you to know, I said, I don't, I can't remember. I said, but if I ever picked on you in high school, I want you, I ask that you forgive me. And, I, and on behalf of everybody else that did, I said, I said, and forgive me for not saying anything. Because I, I was, you know, in high school, you're just so, you know, for me at least, I was, I was way into me. And so I just asked, I said, will you forgive me? And she, she had this smile came up on her face. She said, you never did anything to me. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and... Uh, she said, but thank you so much. And you just could see the healing it was bringing her, that somebody saw her. Jesus saw her. That's what, that's what happened in that moment. It's like Jesus saw my high school years. That's what you can do for somebody. So we're going to have our ministry team here. You can come if, Peter, if you're here, if you come up here. And, uh, or, So I want to pray for us. Father, I pray that we would just keep our eyes open, Lord, that we would just walk with you, that you would show us what you're doing, and we would have the courage and boldness to participate with you. And uh, Lord, realize that there's joy in the participation. It's not, it's not a heavy thing, God. I just I want to break the law that it's heavy to obey the Lord. First John 4 says the commandments of God are not burdensome. So when he's asking you to go do this, it's not a burden. It may, give, it may be uncomfortable, but it's not a burden. If it feels like a burden, it's con, it's, that's the devil. He is the king of condemnation and shame. So I just declare of you, I break off the lie that obeying God is heavy and burdensome. It's the opposite. The truth is obeying God is the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. That there's, God's not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for courage. You don't have to do it perfectly. You get a word of knowledge wrong, he loves it because it's, it's by faith. It doesn't matter if 
if it works or not. It, what matters is faith. So we're going to worship, and you can come down, receive ministry. If there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, I'd love to introduce you to him because he loves you. Come talk to me if you don't know Jesus and you want, you want to meet him because he's alive, he's real, and he wants to save you.